Welcome to the Experts on Mortgage podcast. I'm your host, Mike Eshelman, and I have Amy Sweeney with me today, who has been on the front lines as an originator uh, her whole career. Amy, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Well, today we're going to talk about the request for information on appraisal related issues, right? So the FHFA. Uh, put out this request for information. And uh, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I mean, this is something that, you know, when you mentioned like, let's, let's talk about appraisals, uh, you know, my heart skipped a beat a little bit. Again, I geek out on this stuff. I'm a nerd when it comes to these sort of things. Uh, I, my first job in high school, okay. It was collecting shopping carts from a parking lot at Walmart. Right. Hey, I've got to start somewhere. <laughs> um, but no, my neighbor was an appraiser and, you know, I was shooting hoops in my front yard and he said, you know, Hey, I know you're working over at Walmart, but if you want to make, you know, I need help. We're really busy right now. I, you know, I'm an appraiser. I'm just like, what's that? Yeah, no clue. Um, but I started working in his office and that was, that's truly my first step into the mortgage world is seeing, you know, property valuations, uh, how an appraiser would go on site, take pictures. Yes, this was back when uh, I was in charge. One of my responsibilities was taking the film to the local <laughs> CVS or Rite Aid or whatever it the was. Photo mat. <laughs> the photo mat to get developed and staple them onto the reports. Um, and, uh, and in some cases on rushes, I'm, I'm personally delivering them to uh, mortgage offices, you know, lenders. Um, so, so really that was my true step into the industry. Uh, it also opened my eyes a little bit as to the problems that were served way back when, uh, with loan officer, appraiser, direct contact, but you know, th this is 2021. I, I've done a, in my current role, I talk a lot about data mm -hmm. and this was, I think PwC two years ago said in the last three years, there's been more accumulated data in the world than the rest of the entire human race. That's how fast the world of data is developing. 2019, I think there was like 4.4 zettabytes of data, which who cares what is actual zettabyte is. 2020, there was 10 times that amount of accumulated data. That's the the pace of which data is being accumulated and some of which is being used in these AVM tools. Right. And also determining, you know, which properties get inspection waivers. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about this issue and, uh, and why it's an issue. So, you know, it was interesting um, as I was going through the, the white paper from, or the, the request for information and then the actual request for, inf for information from the FHFA to, and then the response from the MBA um, and what their response to the request was. Um, you know, I have my own personal opinions about it, be being in the industry, seeing the exact way that things really work on the street, you know, versus this high level, um, you know, 30,000 foot view of, okay, you know, let's really talk about the global issues of, the, of what's going on with the appraisal industry. Because I also have been involved in the business for a very long time. You know, I'm, I mean, I was in college 30 years in this business. 
I've been through the ups and the downs. I've been through the ugly. I've been through the good. I've been through no regulation. I've been through over-regulation. And you're right, data is the one thing that we have more of now. And, and why aren't, or why don't we use it? And how are we going to use it in a way that's going to better us going forward, right? So um, as we were talking before, when you're in a market like we are right now, which markets come and go, they, they change, you know, they can change overnight. We have to set, we have to set policy and we have to set rules and, and guides, not based on certain markets, right? We have to, the markets can't affect the policies that we set. However, when you've got a trend, which is the data trend, you've got, you really should be looking at that to set policy because that we're not going to go backwards in data in data mining, right? Right. We're not going to say, oh, we don't want any more data. We're going to just roll that back. You know, that we're not going to change um, because I can guarantee you, advertisers are not going to stop watching everything I do online and stop selling me stuff, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So, um, so one of the things that if you look at the a big contributing factor of what really changed the way that appraiser appraisals happen from prior to the crash versus after the crash is the ownership of of the GSEs, right? Mm -hmm. When Fannie and Freddie became owned by the government, all of a sudden the government had access to everything, right? They had more data than they knew what to do with. And and it, and it could be used for good all of a sudden, right? And they could actually see what was going on. And when they created all of these, um, when they created all of the, the uniform data set and all of these things, they had the ability to, to take what was already being done in the private sector with the Zillows and the AVMs and all the things that we used to use very haphazardly and you actually had, I mean, true data, because what, 95, 98% of every loan that was originated after the crash was landing in the government's hands yeah. with appraisals, right? So they, they had all of this data in their possession. Why wouldn't they use it, right? I mean, why wouldn't we all use it? The, the biggest, but the problem that we now see is that we've got all of this pressure. We've got all of these things that are coming down that were created out of, of a, a stopgap, right? A stopgap that happened 10 years ago, okay? The stopgap of this no regulation, we, this, this um, you know, no, nothing that was, all these bad things that had happened, so we over-regulate everything. Well, now we're coming out of that. And plus we've got this crazy hyper, I mean, just aggressive market and we're trying, and then you throw a pandemic on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's not forget about that. Let's not, for, let's not forget about, you know, the, the plague that we're dealing with on top of that. Okay. You throw all of that together and we're dealing with several significant issues that need to be addressed with policy. Right. So, the poly, the question becomes how do we deal with and and make sure that that 
we're not over-regulating, we're not under-regulating, and we're still dealing with a problem that was created that we haven't addressed at all, which was created out of that, that um, the financial crisis when appraisers were going crazy. Mm-hmm. So we start with, let's start with that one. If you, if you discuss the FHFA, um, one of their biggest issues is, you know, you look at the markets as they're going like this, ups and downs and yet the amount of people appraisers in general that are available to do to deal with those markets have not changed because of the 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 tightenings of the requirements and the restrictions of becoming an appraiser have gotten so strict that the that the people getting into that business have dropped dramatically over the, the last big barrier to entry the barrier to entry is like a you know a seventy foot huge brick wall that you have to jump over that nobody's jumping over, mm-hmm. and so we're we've got an aging population of appraisers that we don't have any appraisers that are replacing them, and so we have a big issue that's that's not being fulfilled that we've, we are going to run into a bigger issue coming in the future. So we have to come up with some sort of data related or data fulfilled um, opportunities that, that we have to deal with. Yeah, and this, this takes me back a little bit. I, I don't know, 2015, maybe 16, when uh, I was running marketing at a lender and all of a sudden Colorado, turn times right. were insane. Right. I mean, we're talking... 75 days or something ridiculous turn time for an appraisal right? because there weren't enough. I actually knew appraisers that moved from California to Colorado because of the opportunity out there, the cost of appraisals goes up, which passes on to the consumer. Also, you start to have backend issues thinking about blowing locks. When do you lock someone? Right. So there's serious repercussions. You're dealing with affordability issues because the cost of appraisals are, I mean, are skyrocketing, right? Um, I have an appraisal for, appraiser friend right now that I was talking to him, what, last week? Um, our daughters play volleyball together and we were sitting at volleyball practice and he goes, I got to ask you. He's like, are you, are you seriously this crazy busy? He goes, do you get people, do you get appraisers that are turning down your business? Like, I mean, I literally started laughing at him and I'm like, yeah, all the time. And he's like, he goes, I got 27 appraisal orders today. (laughs) I physically can't do it. And I'm like, I know. (laughs) He he goes, I can't charge you enough to make there be more hours in the day. And that's exactly what we're going through. And this is in a market where rates are going up right? Mm-hmm. This isn't where rates are super low and, you know, rates have gone back up. And, it, and this was last week, 27 orders in a day. So how do you keep up with that? There has to be some sort of flexibility for appraisers where a human body is not required to complete that, right? So they've, they've given some, um, one of the, the FHFA's um, offers, for a solution is this bifurcated appraisal, right? Um, And, you know, it's a fancy way to say hybrid, which is, you know, (laughs) I always, 
I always like the kindergarten view of, and I don't, I don't, I actually don't say it like that. I like when the book is on the lowest shelf, right? <laughs> that to me the other day, like, this isn't dumbing it down. It's bringing the book to the lowest shelf. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like that. Okay. So it's a hybrid appraisal, right? Where you hire Uber drivers or whatever it is, the Uber driver of appraisal appraisers, where they're just going out and doing the physical inspection to make sure the house is still standing there and all the data is being done by actual appraisers where their their time, I mean, because think about it, if you're a if you're charging five to six to seven hundred dollars per appraisal, is your is your best use of your time in the car driving 45 minutes to and from an, a house. Right. Right. I mean, so I get the concept. I'm not sure the industry is loving the concept, mm -hmm. but I get the concept, you know, highest and best use of, of someone's time. And so, you know, these are some opportunities where we can, you know, just like everything else, how do we squeeze more into one day than we can in other ways, you know? Why not just, hey, you got to, hey, I've got an Uber appraiser out in the Queen Creek area. <laughs> you know, here's a house, go drive to that one, you know? I mean, is it is it going to work? Yeah, it, it makes for an interesting discussion because, you know, there's technology out there where a picture of a kitchen can be analyzed using machine learning to say, you know, whether the countertop is laminate or something else, right? Granite, you know, it's the technology and going back to the amount of data that's available to analyze this stuff. There are planes that fly overhead and drones and, and actual pilots who are taking pictures of roofs to analyze the age of the roof. Now, a lot of this is being done in the insurance industry to analyze the level of risk, but a lot of that data can be used to understand more about the actual asset, you know, behind the mortgage. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fascinating. And this is where, you know, to sit back and actually talk about, um, you know, what this process can be, how reliable it can be. And is it something that, you know, we, we were talking a little bit before we hit the record button, you know, is there a world and would it be good in which appraisals aren't actually needed? Well, and I, I think that that's a, that's a great question. So we, so to give you an idea, um, my business in the last year, in 2020, let's say, okay, even with all of the refis and all of that stuff, my business is still probably 70% purchase, okay? Mm -hmm. yep. So um, 65, 70%, you know, purchase business in a refi crazy world, right? Right. So I'm still doing a ton of purchase business. Now, in that, I was getting still, I'm going to say 50% appraisal waivers, Okay, complete PIW appraisal waivers. Wow. And and somebody asked me, you know, why do you, you know, why do you think that is? Why do you think that those appraisal waivers are so prevalent right now? 
And I, I said, now think about this, the timing, think about, you know, how, I mean, first of all, the manufacturing of a loan is, I mean, it's so, it's so process heavy anyway. If it's, it's less expensive to originate a loan if it doesn't take as many human hours, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I can, if I can PIW the appraisal, which means that I don't have to have someone analyze or overanalyze that appraisal, it takes away some of that human, you know, that human capital that has to look at it, right? Mm -hmm. Plus, if, as I've told you, we've got, I mean, I'm probably four times the volume that I've done in years, in one year, right? And so if I, if, if I'm doing that in refis and purchases, and I've got, I'm closing a loan on one, two, three, easy street, and two, four, five, you know, easy street, just closed or just refied and they had an appraisal that just got sold to Fannie or Freddie, mm -hmm. right? Which is, so they physically have it right there. Do they need the appraisal for this, the one right next door? Right. Has a 60% loan to value that they've been paying on their mortgage for the last 20 years that they've got an 800 credit score. You know, I mean, you've got to, at some point, does it make sense that they need an appraisal? Yeah, that, that the level of risk on that is incredibly low. Right, yeah. right. And Fannie and Freddie, because it's going through their automated engines, are setting the credit risk, right? Mm -hmm. It's not us saying, oh, this one needs an appraisal and this one does not. Now, their appraiser flexibilities that they've implemented over COVID much higher risk, I would think, than the appraisal waivers, mm -hmm. because those are much more subjective. Oh, buyer doesn't want you to come into my house. Yeah, because I don't want you to see the remodel going on in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, appraisal waiver versus appraisal flexibility, much lower risk on appraisal waivers. Yeah, yeah. My gut. Certainly. And I mean, that's a incredibly important distinction um, that probably doesn't get talked about enough, right? The appraisal flexibility is, is a whole nother topic. And I mean, look, pandemic, pandemic, I, I just bought this house, you know, we moved in not too long ago and in the process of, of which, you know, we were looking at houses was a different animal, no open houses. I'm in California, right? So everything's right. shut down, no open houses. Um, usually it was two people plus a realtor max in the house right. at a time. But you also had people who are trying to sell houses and not letting anyone come in, trying to take advantage of a super hot market. It's like, I heard of actually houses selling sight unseen because right. it was such an incredible hot, market. Right. But, you know, point being is it at some point, you know, the flexibility needs to ease up. You know, we're all we're coming out of this, hopefully we'll be back at NBA annual in person soon and, <laughs> uh, and so on and so forth. But um, important distinction between the two. And, um, 
the PIWs, you know, great for, I think, the, the industry in terms of lowering the cost to actually do a loan, which gets passed on to the consumer, helps speed up closing time, um, you know, but, but I think to a point, right? right? It's still important to have uh, physical inspections get done, especially on those that, um, you know, are a higher level risk because of LTV and, you know, some other aspects to it. But well, thank you so much. I mean, we, we, uh, fun, fun topic with appraisals, Amy, I, I really enjoyed the conversation and, uh, and, and that's the, the show for today. Uh, for anyone who enjoyed the episode, please tell a friend about it, share, like, subscribe on uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And, and that's it for another episode of Experts on Mortgage. Have a good one. Thank you, Amy. Thank you.